This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 311, How to Use the Anchoring Bias for Negotiating Salary, by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. And I am Dan, your personal narrator for today and every weekday here on Optimal Finance Daily, where I'm always reading to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And hey, maybe you've got an idea for us. Come share it at oldpodcast.com. Hope everybody's week is off to a good start. And uh, today's author is Kristen Wong, who actually participated in Optimal Living Daily's 500th episode. That was just a couple weeks ago. She narrated her own post uh, to help uh, Justin celebrate. So that's a great episode and worth checking out. To hear her voice, listen to episode 502 of the podcast Optimal Living Daily and definitely subscribe to that show if you have not already. But for now, I'll be narrating Kristen's post about negotiating your salary. So let's get right to it as we optimize your life. How to Use the Anchoring Bias for Negotiating Salary by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. When it comes to negotiating salary, most of us need all the help we can get. I'm convinced that 90% of learning how to negotiate is just getting past the implosive mixture of feelings that keep you from asking in the first place. Guilt, shame, inadequacy, intimidation. There are, however, a few negotiating tips and tricks that can help you beat the fear and find the courage to ask. I recently wrote an article over at New York Magazine on how some states and cities are banning the job history question in interviews. In some areas, employers can no longer ask questions like, how much did you earn in your last job? Whether or not you agree with this kind of legislation, it's important for job seekers because of something called the anchoring bias. I was fascinated at how effective anchoring can be in negotiating salary. Learn how the bias works. The anchoring bias is the tendency to rely too heavily on one piece of information to form a decision about another. You've encountered this whether you realize it or not. Let's say you go to dinner. You want buffalo wild wings, but your friend insists on a new fancy restaurant in town, Le Cigar Volant. So you go reluctantly and vow to get your wing fix another time. You sit down, look at the menu, and oh, hey, they have a special highlighted, yowza, $50 for a steak. Only an idiot would spend that much on a steak, you think. You peruse the rest of the menu. Oh, hey, there's a cheeseburger for $14. That's much less than 50. That's not too bad, you think, and you buy the cheeseburger. Restaurants use this tactic all the time. They throw you off with a really expensive item, anchoring you to that price so that when you see a $14 cheeseburger, you're not as horrified. It's not just restaurants either. Car dealerships use it, retailers use it, and yes, employers use it too for negotiating salary. That's why the how much do you make question is so important. It serves as an anchor. The problem is, if you earn $40,000 in your current job and you've improved your skills and experience enough that your professional value is now $70,000 according to the market rate, you're stuck with a anchor. If an employer asks you this question, consider bringing up the market rate for your job title depending on your current skill. Answering the question based on that instead of my current salary is $40,000, you might reply with, The going rate for my job and skill set is $70,000, and my current salary is $40,000, so I'm definitely looking to grow. You still answered the question, but you also gave them another number to anchor. And yes, two anchors can work together. More on this in a bit. Consider throwing out the first number. There's a lot of back and forth on this piece of advice when it comes to negotiating salary. As my former editor, Alan Henry, pointed out, you shouldn't be too afraid to throw out this number. In fact, some employers insist on it. Even if they're not asking you about your salary history, they may ask you what your expectations are. And while some experts suggest you should just avoid answering it, there is a case for throwing out the first number. You get to set the anchor. 
Here's how Inc.com puts it. Some research has indicated that the result of a negotiation is often closer to what the first mover proposed than to the number the other party had in mind. The first number uttered in a negotiation, so long as it's not ridiculous, has the effect of anchoring the conversation. In other words, throwing out the first number gives you the opportunity to use the anchoring bias in your favor. Use a salary range. Finally, consider using a range when you're negotiating salary. Studies show this is better than just working with a single anchor. Researchers call it tandem anchoring. When you offer a range of, say, $60,000 to $75,000, employers are more likely to stick to the higher end of that range. The study's author told me that there are hidden politeness concerns. People want to shape offers on the higher end of your range because it's polite. This is why it might help to bring up what the market rate is if you're asked about your low current salary. Cognitive biases like these are always fascinating, but they're even more fascinating when you can figure out how to mold them to work for you rather than against you. It's great to just get up the courage to ask, but if you can be strategic about it, even better. You just listened to the post titled How to Use the Anchoring Bias for Negotiating Salary by Kristen Wong of thewildwong.com. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, Kristen narrated her own post to celebrate the special week of the 500th episode of Optimal Living Daily, and a bunch of authors participated like Mark and Angel, Leon from the Kindness Diaries series on Netflix, Jay Money from uh, over at Budgets Are Sexy, and of course, Kristen, like I mentioned. So to hear her voice, check out episode 502 of Optimal Living Daily. That's, of course, our first podcast in our family of podcasts. And make sure you subscribe to Optimal Living Daily to hear a lot more content for free. That's going to do it for me today. Have a happy Monday, everybody, and I will see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Finance Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.